This week on the Veterinary Viewfinder, Big Brother in your veterinary clinic. Have surveillance cameras gone too far, or how can they help us be better veterinary professionals? This week on the Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And right now, there's a very good chance that you're on camera somewhere. If you live almost anywhere, work almost anywhere in the United States or Europe, chances are there's a security camera, a surveillance camera. Heck, there might even be a satellite spying on you right now. And this week, we want to talk about what are the implications of security and surveillance cameras in the veterinary clinic setting. Are they good? Are they bad? Is it an intrusion on your privacy? Can it help us with standards of care for our patients? Before we get into all of that, as always, I am one of your hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And you know, Becky, this conversation has, has been percolating amongst us for quite some time. You know, it seems like every week there's a new gadget, gizmo, toy, interactive device that somehow has a camera in it. And I remember a couple of years ago, you and I were uh, on location somewhere at a conference, and you have, of course, had your laptop camera taped over, <laughs> <laughs> and we started talking about it then, you know, but, but kind of bring us up to speed with what's being discussed amongst veterinary professionals right now. Well, I mean, I think recently there was the whole issue with your uh, FaceTime camera being able to be hacked into, and... Um, it brings up a lot of, I think, conversations about where cameras are, where they can be accessed, how aware we are of them being accessed or how unaware we are. And, you know, between you and I, I brought up a conversation of how, you know, I have a camera in my house that I access when I'm not home, uh, mostly just because I want to see if my dog's behaving. I want to I want to know before I come home that she hasn't behaved. Right. You know, but but then it, it, it kind of started me thinking, you know, are we using these in the clinics? Well, we know we are using them in the clinics. And then how are they being used? Right. We see these videos of, um, you know, quote unquote funny or to a lot of people, not so funny um, situations that happen in the back of clinics with between um, clients right. or with staff members. And are there um, pets? Yeah. Yeah. And then. Right. And then the animals that are there. And so. What are the lines? Um, are we signing agreements to be, you know, on camera when we're in clinic? Do we know we're on camera? How is it? I, there's also, I have a lot of questions about it. Right. And we are not lawyers and we're not going to really weigh in too heavily on the legalities and regulations surrounding surveillance cameras. But we do want to talk about sort of the ethics of it and how it makes us feel emotionally. And, and Becky, let me rewind the tape nearly 20 years ago. Um, back then, we were just experimenting. We had uh, opened a new clinic, a new facility, and we were doing some luxury high-end boarding. And so like a lot of people, we were experimenting with, you know, being able to touch in with your pet, you know, so you could get these live streams as an additional service back then. The quality was terrible, but people loved it. Now, uh, we just assumed that this would be, you know, something as a novelty that clients would say, you know, I'd like to, to be able to check in when I'm on a cruise and see my dog, you know, remotely or whatever. And we thought that would be the, the extent of it. Like it might make a little extra income or whatever. But what we actually found, Becky, was it was a way for us to kind of check on who was cleaning, when they were cleaning, and how they were cleaning. So we actually wound, wound up seeing the value, at least from our perspective as owners of this luxury boarding facility, to actually verify, validate 
how people were doing their jobs. So that's one aspect that I want to talk to you about in just a few minutes. The other thing is, uh, around that time, as these new internet cameras were starting to come online, I have a good friend of mine who is a lawyer, and she works in the human healthcare system. And I, one night over dinner, and maybe one, one or three glasses of wine, uh, I had suggested something that I called it the security surgery cam. And, and my thinking was every surgery in a human hospital, not necessarily a veterinary hospital, should be detailed videoed. It should be absolutely, you know, recorded. And that way, if someone later had a claim and they said, oh, the doctor left a towel inside the abdomen, you know, we could A, find out what happened that led up to them leaving the towel in the abdomen, or B, just defend the, the doctor and say, wait a second, no, there, there's no evidence of, of any wrongdoing or, or malpractice. So again, I always viewed these cameras as a means to improve my service. So Becky, let's start with that first example. You know, here we are, these luxury boarding. I found the real value was making sure people were cleaning properly and doing their job correctly. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have been that pet owner that is like, yes, I want to be able to look at my dog whenever, see that they're, I don't know if I want to see that they're happy or if they're sad and, and missing me, but I definitely want to be able to see them when I want to be able that to. That they're alive. and they're, Right, they're, right. You know, All of the benefits that come <laughs> right. with it, right? I think, you know, 20 years ago, what you're talking about, though, we were like, whoa, this is cutting edge. This is incredible. And we didn't really, I don't think, foresee a life where we were all carrying video cameras on at least one, if not two to three. I have literally Good seen point. at least four recording devices Good hanging point. from you at a time. Right. right. And so at that point, it seemed like it was going to be this crazy thing. How could we possibly do this in a way that was streamlined into our everyday care? And then technology took us where it is today. Right. But what about from the staff member standpoint? Because I do remember this led to phone calls on Sunday afternoons and then we would call the clinic and go, hey, I don't think anybody's taking care of Fluffy yet. I mean, well, that, that, yeah. that was the granularity that Laura and I were discovering. I mean, that was the benefit we thought, you know, obviously clients are maybe paying for this service, but we were actually peeking in on our staff to see if they were doing a good job. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes sense. And you know, I know you can um, watch live cams at doggy daycares and, and I have that very thought has occurred to me. Like I wouldn't be so sure. Like what if they're picking on my dog and then right. would I be picking up the phone and calling and saying, Hey, I think she's being picked on. So, so the one aspect, at least with this discussion around the luxury boarding or whatever, the peeking in the one aspect is, okay, I'm making sure that the patients under my care are being held to the highest standard. So right. we're actually doing what we say, but you could flip that equation very quickly and easily and say, but wait a second, boss man, you know, you're kind of intruding on privacy. You know, at what point do we as a workforce or profession accept that we don't really have those privacy rights when we're doing our job in the workplace? Yeah, I mean, I guess I think there needs to be full disclosure that you are on camera. Um, I think you need to know that you are. I think if there's any kind of trickery yes. or lack of transparency, you're crossing into to very uncomfortable lines. Um, be, just just for inherent reasons of um, a person being able to be aware in their environment that they might be being watched by somebody else because you are otherwise generally not going to be thinking that you are in that type of situation. Um, so I think that's really important. But at the, at the same time, I think you are absolutely within your right. And, and as a business owner, I'm thinking to myself, if I have any employees who have an issue being on camera, I have an issue with them probably being my employees because there is a lack of transparency that they're comfortable with for whatever reason. Uh, there should be that environment within the clinic that says we're comfortable, we're transparent, and, and it wouldn't matter if you were on camera. 
I kind of like it because I know I'm going to be protected. I like it because I know you're going to see me doing a good job all day, every day. And I like it because we can go back to the camera if there's a, a lack of understanding of how a situation went down. So I want only the kind of employees that would understand that it would bring them the type of protection it's meant to be bringing. Yeah. And I love that point. I mean, that's, you know, you really should feel comfortable with these quote unquote workplace cameras because you should be doing your job to the highest ability uh, and providing the most comfortable care possible. Uh, the other thing too, like you mentioned, it, it can, I think, sort of put a little extra pressure maybe if you know you're being watched that, you know, you do your best job all the time. So, so do you think there's any psychological benefit there just to knowing that, hey, you know, I can't really slack off? You know, I think it just kind of depends. Again, I hate to say it on the culture. Like, I'm yeah, really big yeah. on just understanding that for the most part, if you have to go by the 90-10 rule. And so if if I have a staff member who's slacking off, they just need that mental break in that moment because most of the time they're working their tails off. So I go by 90-10. But yeah, I think you're right. There is a way to say overall, a problem can be identified or a pattern of behavior can be identified. And so uh, I better not make this a habit of being, you know, 10 minutes late on Wednesday morning or right. eating a breakfast sandwich for the first hour of my employment right. because it's going to be on camera and those trends are going to be more noticeable. Right. And before we get into the whole like, uh, you know, getting into the lock drug box and all that, which is really why you need to have surveillance right. cameras in your treatment area. But the the other part of this, too, I agree with the 90-10 rule and all that. But let's face it, a lot of times when patients are under our care, we are accused of things that are just downright fabricated, you know, at least in my experience. I mean, I've had clients, you know, claim, oh, my cat was terrified after you, you know, took it to the back or whatever. Yeah. So there's that, that lack of transparency. In fact, that's what led us in our first big hospital, uh, I famously put windows in the my back exam room doors so that you could actually see into the treatment area because I actually wanted our staff yeah. to know the client can see everything we're doing and I was cool with that, you know. So A, Becky, what do you think about the value of these cameras in the treatment area, let's just say, of being able to protect you when a client makes a, a, an allegation? I think it's really essential because it, you, you're you dealing with pediatrics and animals, right? We Our, our patients can't talk and convey what happened in a situation, um, in aesthetic situations where people are unconscious, in any type of situation where right. somebody can't convey what is happening in their experience for themselves, it's really important to be protected. And it's great to say there was two or three or four staff members present. But a, a client is going to absolutely side with their belief. And again, you know, we know perception is reality. So they're going to have that feeling. If you have a camera in the back, you're recording a situation, it, it disarms the situation, which is really essential because it doesn't come across as arguing. You just say, let's look at what happened. Yeah. And I love that, you know, you just triggered something. Becky, in our area, as you probably are aware, there's a very high profile human medical case going forward where this doctor over maybe a couple of decades was... Um, how do we say sexually yeah. um, abusing uh, his patients? Yeah. So they, they were under anesthesia in this outpatient setting. And these women were coming forward and saying, I felt violated or something wasn't right. But guess what? There's no way to double check. So it's he said, she said, and it literally took this massive case. Somebody finally 
Uh, I guess there was a whistleblower involved with the staff that said it just can't, you know, I, I walked in on something that I, I was very uncomfortable with. So again, cameras would help a patient, right? So, so if you're listening today and going, ah, I don't like all this stuff, it's the invasion of too much privacy. Well, in those situations, Becky, that could have saved countless uh, individuals from that. The other thing too is, you know, people will make false uh, claims. And just this last week uh, on the news uh, and, you know, a Tesla camera caught uh, a person who claimed that they were, you know, faked a uh, being hit by a, a Tesla. They were on a bicycle and they actually just threw themselves down in front of it. And of course, again, if you go to court, it's a he said, he said, or she said, she said, or whatever the situation may be. But they, it was caught on camera and it was clear that this person just ditched their bike, faked this this injury, you know, and and the Tesla owner was, of course, uh, absolved of that. So I, again, Becky, what do you think about? I love that you said when they can't speak for themselves, when it's those dark recesses of a business or a practice, you know, that's really where we need to shine the light sometimes, right? I mean, it's exactly right. And it can give us an opportunity to fix the, the smallest of mistakes all the way to the, the largest of mistakes. You know, it, think about all of the major teams, right, that are out there. What do they do? They record their practice. Then right. they go back and they watch and they look and see where they can improve. If you're running a code, can we go back and we, can we watch this code and see where we could have improved, where we lost time, where the system broke down in, in any form of the sense from beginning to end? Because that's going to be quality care. That's patient care. And at the end of the day, that drives every single thing that we do and, and everything that we care about. And so, it, yes, it's a great way to protect ourselves. And it's a great way to just, you know, tell our clients what has happened. I, I, I love the idea of live streaming what's going on in the back to your clients, you know, and maybe they can have like a GoPro view from their pets. I don't know. Right, I right. love that cameras are around. We're able to be transparent and bring a huge level of comfort to our clients by being able to do this. And we need to be able to embrace it as that same level of comfort for ourselves. And like you said, you know, raise the expectation, raise the bar. You know, people are watching. We have to be doing our very best. But is it just a friendly reminder we should always be trying to do our very best? Because wherever we go, there are more and more cameras in society today everywhere. Uh, people are wearing them. People have them in their cars because it's protection and right. in a in a society where boy we really kind of need to be protected it, it's doing a lot of good right well if anybody's read anything i've written about staff training over the last 25 years it all comes down to videotaping your doctors your veterinary technicians during the exams right because i was actually trying to use something to to show them, give them feedback, real feedback, you know, and we used to say, honestly, you don't have to say anything. You just play the tape back. You know, this is when there was videotape days back in the VHSC <laughs> world. But, you know, if you played the tape back, you're, you're then your staff members saw immediately their nonverbal, you know, maybe issues or shortcomings or things that they can improve verbally and so forth. Uh, we were, you know, quick, we, we always viewed, you know, Becky, these cameras, especially once we got that first experience with those really, you know, elementary, rudimentary uh, streaming cams from the, the kennel, we put the first, I mean, we bought some of the first Wi-Fi cameras in our exam rooms for training. Like we always viewed this as how can it make our staff better? And I remember Laura used to be able to dip into exams. And, uh, you know, of course, we weren't videotaping the clients because people are always concerned about that. You know, we had them actually in the back corner of the room looking down like, you know, at to the doctors. So, you know, you, you maybe sometimes call it like the top of the head of a client or the back, you know, of the head of the client. But, you know, we were focused on the staff and Laura, you know, back in that day, you could actually, we used to think it was so cool. You could record it to, you know, a hard disk or whatever. But, you know, that was a way for her to see, you know, A, what was taking so long, 
sorry, you know, staff, yeah. you know, you know how that was. And B, you know, what was their nonverbal? Because even though we couldn't always hear the audio clearly back in those early camera days, you know, you could at least get an idea. Was the doctor slouched over? Was the technician, you know, not focused on the client? How were we making eye contact, you know, interaction with the pet? I mean, all those nonverbal things that really make the, the, the whole relationship worthwhile. So what do you think about just spinning this conversation around saying, well, it's not surveillance, it's training. Yeah, no, absolutely right. I, again, I think you have the ability to step outside. And like I said, just like the, the greatest sports teams out there, they, they record their plays and they go back and they look at the processes. And it's exactly what we can do. It's exactly what we should be doing. And it gives us a lot of opportunity to help each other identify, help us self-identify and step out of ourselves and have that experience. And again, it, as long as it's used in a very positive way with a very positive light, it should... I think it's easy to convey uh, a threatening tone. I think it's an easy to convey, uh, you know, this very over-controlling, micromanaging tone with this. But I think if we're using it in a very positive light, in a way of saying that we're able to just kind of keep our eyes and ears and ev on everything to the best of our ability to make sure that everyone is having the best experience, employees included. You know, I have a, a very good friend of mine who works in a clinic with a you know, one of those 180 degree employees who is is one person in front of the staff and one person in front of the doctor. Right. And she has literally gotten to the point where she says this is like a her or me situation. And, and we've all recommended recording it. The doctor truly does not believe that this behavior goes on that they describe when he's not in the room. And he's barely caught little glimpses of it. But if there was this type of kind of measure, we wouldn't have this type of behavior creating the cultures that we have out there. Oh, I love that. And that's really, you know, this fosters team harmony because when you do have that bad team member, that toxic team member, and you can't convince the manager or the owner because all they see is the angelic side of them, you know, it's really nice to capture on video maybe the demon that comes out occasionally. So, uh, and again, getting back to that, Becky, this, this is, I think, where people are so reticent about this. They go, well, wait, you're just saying you're going to use it against me. Like you're saying for training or if I'm stealing, which I still want to get to in just a second, or are the, the bad side of me. But it's really, I don't think it's just that, right? I mean, I don't think we're trying to just point out bad things. No, right? Like that's my point about, can we make this a positive thing? Can we capture as many good moments as we do bad moments in a day? Can we play a candid video of an employee who did something way above and beyond and you know, spend a little extra time smooching on or loving on or right. really doing right. a great job cleaning who who went through and, you know, can I can I focus on an employee and say, hey, this person restocked these drawers four times in one day. They were so on top of it. Love they did it. that all week long. Yep. I identified this behavior and I'm able to use this for my reviews to give them positive feedback about the actionable items that they do. And you can definitely make them as positive as you do negative. You can capture those moments and use them for an opportunity to say, hey, superstar, I saw you and you're you're appreciated. So we can use this both ways. And if you're using it for as good as much as bad, your employees are going to be grateful that it's there. And then they're just like anybody else going out of their way to be caught doing good. Right. I love that. And, and I will tell you this. One thing we learned early on during our early experiments with videotaping, even when I was carrying around cameras, like you said, Becky, I'm prone to carry around a lot of cameras, um, but use it sparingly. Like it's not something that you're constantly reminding people or throwing in their face. You know, this isn't something that happens very often. In fact, actually what Laura would do is there would be a week, like she would say, okay, this week, you know, I'm going to be kind of looking at doctors in the exam room. So there was a kind of a 
heads up. So you could say we we did bias or, or perhaps tip the scales in their favor as far as evaluations, but we kind of wanted to be, like you said, as transparent as possible. Now, I do want to kind of, as we wind down this conversation, because I, I just see the pros. Like, you know, I certainly see how certain cultures, the, the camera could be viewed as a negative, as intrusive, but we saw more positive benefits. But the most notable positive benefit is when it comes to like controlled substances. And Becky, how many cases have we, you and I personally know, where a veterinary clinic was able to identify an individual who was perhaps, you know, taking things that they shouldn't? I mean, I guess, honestly, the thing that comes to mind for me is a sickening amount. I, I am yeah. constantly shocked every single time. And it's so disappointing because I feel like I'm constantly fooled. You know, you think there's no way, like, because what we're doing in this industry, the work that we put in this industry, the reason that we're here is only positive. We work so hard and we give so much that why would anybody seriously do something like that to a doctor and a clinic and the risk that they bring and and then what they're doing to themselves. And yet over and over and over again, it continues to happen. And I, I am regularly shocked. And so then it just becomes this essential thing. Hey, we can't have nice things. We have to be on camera to make sure we aren't abusing substances and trying to lose doctors, their DEA license. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm, going to say this may or may not have had personal experience with this, but even when you have outside like cleaning crews, perhaps just potentially, uh, you know, you might yeah. also identify things there. Uh, perhaps potentially food might have walked out, <laughs> you know, that was caught on camera. Just little things like that, that you just don't have any other way of, of you know, of observing and of course documenting. So I, I'm just I'm a huge fan. And, you know, I, I really think that if, if you if you look at if you just take a piece of paper and write down the pros and the cons on something like, you know, clinic cameras, they the pros uh, just clearly, clearly outweigh them. And I'll tell you, too, Becky, the, the technology now is so much more affordable and easy. I mean, Amazon just announced a brand new line of blink cameras that I think you can buy like three of them for 250 bucks. And they, they run like two years on like two AAA batteries or something insane like that. So, I mean, again, if you're, if you're just experimenting, you say, well, I don't, this could cost thousands of dollars. I'm saying go check out Amazon. Again, I'm not sponsored. We don't have anything to do with these companies, but you know, I'm kind of shocked. And I, I must admit, I might've ordered three of those cameras for myself. <laughs> you have two of them in your pockets right now. No, I know that about you, but no, you're absolutely right. I was, I was buying something the other day and it was trying, I can't remember what it was now, but they were trying to add a camera to it. It was like $15 wireless camera. Wow. And I was like, wow, that is, seems really affordable. And you can just link up to some app and you can look at this camera at whatever time of day that you need to. And, you know, they've got it on, on the doorbells. Now they've got it everywhere. And it is truly, I think, becoming um, something that most people are so acclimated to that you're going to get very little resistance. But, you know, to your point of, of weighing out your pros and your cons, when you have this conversation with your staff members, they do think they should be a part of this decision as you decide to make it. And if they do have resistance, if they do have concerns, I think you should address them. And I think you should talk about them and talk them through why are they concerned and why, why how, are they concerned and what can you do to make them feel more comfortable? And are you comfortable with why they're concerned <laughs> right yeah so again you know we'd love to hear what your experience thoughts and opinions are around something as what we would consider ubiquitous as a surveillance camera but does it have a place in the veterinary clinic if so what place and what has your experience been we really want to hear from you 
Yeah, and I mean, I can't say I don't want you to tag and share us in your best videos from the back <laughs> of the clinic where we do sometimes see snafus happening and, and we can kind of enjoy uh, some of the lighter moments in our day. So if you get a chance, go ahead and tag us on those in social media. You can find us on uh, Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder, on Instagram and on Twitter at Vet Viewfinder. Yeah, and if you have a favorite camera or you've been experimenting with a new app or something, again, we'd love to share that because as a community, you know, it's all about sharing our best practices and what we found works and doesn't work. So again, hit us up with like, hey, we tried this camera, it worked out great, or this one didn't work so good, or, you know, there's something you need to know, you have to pay a subscription fee for this or whatever. We really want to hear from you. Don't forget, you can find us on wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and click to subscribe so you don't miss one great episode of the Veterinary Viewfinder. Until next time, we'll be watching you. Bye. Bye. And I've got no privacy. <laughs> All right. It was great.